0: With 2,000-plus attendees, 25-plus robots, and 60-plus exhibitors, FIRA USA is the best place in the world for meeting agricultural and agrobotics leaders and seeing the latest technology demonstrations. This unique three-day event is being held in Salinas, California, September 19th to the 21st, 2023. Check out their new website at FIRA-USA.com. That's FIRA-USA.com. Get registered today. Light. I'm Chrissy Wozniak. My guest today is originally from Dallas, Texas, and has degrees in animal science and agricultural science from Texas A&M University, and has done graduate work in reproductive physiology at Texas Tech University. She's managed a full-service thoroughbred breeding training, sales prep, and racing farm in Fort Worth uh, prior to accepting her current position as coordinator of the Kentucky Equine Management Internship in 2001. The Kentucky Equine Management Internship Program coordinates inters- intern- internships for college students uh, with Central Kentucky Horse Farms to introduce students to the broad scope of the industry and the multitude of job opportunities within the industry. I know this show is a little bit different than our typical show, but I've owned horses most of my life and I worked in the thoroughbred industry myself out of college. So what the Kentucky Equine Management Internship Program does is very dear to my heart. And despite the fact that a lot of our listeners will still call them hay burners, I'm okay with that. (laughs) From Lexington, Kentucky, I'd like to welcome Leslie Janica. Welcome. And thank you so much for your time today, Leslie. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to come on the show and and talk a little bit about horses.
1: My favorite topic. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So first of all, tell me a bit about your background. Um, It seems like you've done so much in the equine industry.
1: Oh gosh, I don't know about that, but I was, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. So not uh, from an ag background at all. Actually, um, went to college originally as a chemistry biology major. And after one semester of chemistry and biology, I changed to animal science. <laughs>
0: Wow. Um, But
1: that was probably because I didn't know that there were a lot of jobs and horses. I liked horses. I'd taken some riding lessons, but I would never have thought of horses as a career path until I got to the university and saw the horses and and talked to the animal science professors. And they told me about, you know, the jobs and farm management and and other things. And so um, that's why I changed my major. And actually bought my first horse in partnership, racehorse, in partnership with some friends as a as an undergraduate, which yeah. is unusual as well. Yeah. Um, but that led to the job uh, managing the farm. And then, uh, then I went on to grad school. And like I said, I've been here in Kentucky now for almost 22 years with this program. And so I think the combination of having managed a farm and having a d- degree in education were kind of the forces that brought me here to what I'm doing
0: today. Right. Yeah. So tell me about the Kentucky Equine Management Internship. Um, So it was started um, in two, I guess the idea came in
1: 1998, but our first group of interns started in 2000. And what it is, it's a six-month program students can do as undergraduates or they can do them after they graduate, kind of as a stepping stone into the industry. But it's a very intense six-month hands-on experience. And we take uh, primarily juniors and seniors, Uh, we've had more than a thousand interns, believe it or not, um, do the internship program. And so they spend, like I said, six months living and working on one of the major thoroughbred breeding farms here in central Kentucky. And so um, on a six. Six day work week, you know, they work hands on with the horses. And then we sponsor uh, weekly educational lectures or activities to give them a chance to meet people that are doing different jobs in the industry, whether that's veterinarians or nutritionists or farm managers or jockeys or trainers or people that do PR work at the racetracks and that sort of thing. It's a way to get them here if they like horses. And show them that there's a lot more than just being a barn manager or a veterinarian, that there's a whole lot more out there. So we have two different internships that they can do if they're interested in reproduction. Obviously, they would come to our spring session, which runs from January to June. And that's very intense with the mares, the foals, the stallions, okay. the rebreeding of the mares, touching a little bit on the weaning because some of the foals will be actually ready to wean. Um, And then we have a second internship that is would consider fall, but it starts in June and goes through um, December. And that is very focused on sales and marketing. Most thoroughbreds are sold at public auction as yearlings. Mm -hmm. And so the foals from last year will be the yearlings of this year. And so there's a series of auctions starting in July. So it's July, August, September, October sale for yearlings. And then there's a November sale of broodmares. So the interns in the fall work um, getting those horses prepped for the sales And then the fun for them is to go to the sales and see all their work pay off when they get auctioned off. Um, And then some of the farms will actually start some of those horses under saddle towards the end of the year. And so some students have some good riding skills participate in that. And so the lecture topics we talk about in that fall session, very focused on um, confirmation and early training and international marketing and quarantining and transportation and those things that would go along with the sales and marketing side of our industry
0: amazing that sounds so practical too not just you know theory and brushing horses there's some there's real right. real content here that's amazing we want to give
1: them as much of a realistic ex- experience as they can and like i said sometimes it's 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 very helpful to get that transition because it's a little scary sometimes when you're when you finish college to step right into a career um and especially most of our students don't come from a racing background or a thoroughbred background they come from you know quarter horse or arabians or something and thoroughbreds are it's a horse but it's a it's a different industry mm. it's production agriculture and it's it's let's be honest at the highest level in terms of the value of some of these horses and so they can be kind of intimidating um so it's a way to kind of stepping stone transition them into that career
0: yeah amazing and um so who can apply? What are the admission requirements?
1: Uh, so we look at typically juniors or seniors. Most of them will come to us um, in the process of getting a, a degree in either equine science, animal science, ag business. Although we've had some that have, you know, different uh, different majors, that's not as important. Um, what we really look for is how much hands-on experience they have. And they don't have to have a lot. Um, like I said, most of them have never been around thoroughbreds at all. So as long as they have the basic ability to catch a horse, put a halter on a horse, lead a horse, groom a horse. Yeah. Uh, we look at the grades as well, but we're really focused on getting some solid letters of recommendation because we are going to turn them on to horses that are extremely valuable. And we just yeah, you know, have to make sure that you know, they're somebody that's dependable, reliable, that they understand that these horses are somebody's investment. And so we can't take any, cut any corners or take chances. And they, you know, understand that the things are going to be asked to do are not anything that's unusual But it could be a little different than maybe what they've done with their horses back home. Um, But we have the luxury, luxury, I would say, is that we cooperate with about 50 of the top thoroughbred farms here in central Kentucky for this internship. That's who sponsors the program. Um, And so if I have a student that is very dedicated and focused, but maybe doesn't have a ton of experience, I can put them on one of our smaller farms that maybe is only going to pull out 10 or 15 mares versus somebody who maybe has you know, 10 or 12 years of riding experience or whatever can go on one of the biggest farms. And so students at different levels of horse handling experience can kind of progress at their own speed, their own level, and still have a great experience and still learn a lot. But it's not as intimidating, like they don't all have to have, you know, 20 years of riding experience or or anything like that. So I think we're unique in that sense that every student can adapt to their own level and still grow and develop and learn.
0: Yeah and it's interesting that that people who don't have a lot of experience do come come into these fields especially working working with animals do they come in understanding the danger the dangerous part of or do you have to really focus on that at the beginning
1: well i think you know i think that's just a, a, a a thing that's happening in agriculture in general.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: students come into agriculture and a lot of them don't grow up on a farm or a ranch. And so we have a lot more urban uh, young people that come into animal science programs or even into agriculture programs. Um so I'm hoping that, you know, the the universities do a good job of sort of, you know, recommending and having them exposed on campus at least Maybe not to a dangerous horse, but to a horse that so they get some basic practice before they come to us. So they should know the dangers. And you know, knock on wood, most of the horses that we work with have been handled from day one, so they're not. There's always going to be a danger, but they're probably they're not going to be feral wild. We're not going to do any kind of roping and flanking down and bucking right. horses and that type of thing. So most no of the horses are <laughs> and the farms understand they don't want anybody to get hurt. They don't want the horses to get hurt. So I tell the interns. Never be, no matter how much experience you have or you think you have, never be discouraged or hurt. Have your feelings hurt if the first day you handle the old gray mare. Do the best job you can with the old gray mare. and Tomorrow you get the old bay mare and maybe the old brown mare. And then they'll work you up into handling, you know, more difficult horses as the internship goes the on. The chestnut mare. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work our way up, but we'll get there yeah. <laughs> but I mean that's good because like I said I think there's a lot of young people that like horses but maybe have been intimidated in the past with the thought that maybe they could be a part of the industry and this gives them the chance to see that that there are there is a space for them you know that they can get a foot in the door and then figure out if a hands-on job is for them and if it's not then we'll Guide them in some other pathway because there's certainly other options that are not necessarily hands-on, but are still involved in the equine industry, the horse industry. Um, You can still be involved and not necessarily be hands-on if that doesn't work for you.
0: Right. Yeah. And so what's the cost of the program?
1: So right now we do ask that the students pay a tuition of $2,500 and that's to keep them very reasonable vested into the industry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But for that, they're going to get a placement on a farm. And as long as they don't have a pet or significant other, the farm will provide housing in the form of a private bedroom to them. Um, and then they pay an hourly wage. And actually we've just increased that. So the students that are coming in this fall, will be making about $1,426 an hour. Oh, wow. So working 48 hours a week, they're going to make, you know, six six fifty a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fall internship is 24 weeks. The spring internship is 22 weeks. So, you know, 15 to $17,000 gross. So you're going to get paid back what you put into it. Right. But at the end of the day, right now, we can place pretty much 100% of the interns after the internship experience into positions. So I think it's an investment in their future, if that makes
0: sense. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And are there scholarships available?
1: We're working on that. We do have one small scholarship now, but that's one focus I'm really trying to work on now is to try to get some more funding and scholarship money, because there are some students that $2,500 is kind of a big ask up front, Mm -hmm. um, even if they know they're going to get it back in the end. So we're looking at some options to get some scholarships.
0: Yeah. And if if our listeners are interested in providing Give scholarships, <laughs> yeah. Where should they where should they go to contact? Our website you? is
1: um, kemi.org, kemi.org. And um there's an email system through there, but they could email info at org or me, which would just be Leslie J at Kemi.org. Perfect. So, but I would love it in I mean, in my perfect world that every state would we would have a scholarship for every from every state in a sense that you know, Texas 3rd breeders or California 3rd breeders would sponsor a student from their own state to come because, you know, I think it's a unique experience and opportunity.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, what are some of the characteristics of a successful intern? What do you, what do you like to see coming in? Well, I think, like I said, the
1: desire is the biggest thing, you know, they yeah. have to really want to do this uh, knowing that well, agriculture in general, but horses specifically, it's a lifestyle. It's not a job you know, it is a lifestyle. Horses, they don't care if it's your birthday or Christmas. They want to be fed, want the rooms to be clean. <laughs> they don't really care. So having the desire and the, the interest in it um, is obviously the big, big plus. Um, but students really that have, again, some horse experience, they don't have to be riders. We're not looking for riders necessarily. Um, you know, just having some basic experience with horses at, at a minimum, but certainly livestock, large livestock, you know, Students that come from dairy backgrounds or cattle ranches work very well in this program, too, because they do understand that the animals have to be fed every day. And you might get called in the middle of the night for an emergency or foaling or whatever. Um, Usually students that have some have had some kind of a job um, doesn't necessarily have to be ag related or horse related. And I tell students all the time. I don't care if you've worked at McDonald's or Starbucks or whatever, mm-hmm. the ability to work with other people, because sometimes it's not the animals that are the issue, it's people working with people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's conflict. So knowing that you can work with your peer group and you're relatable to clients or customers and that sort of thing goes a long way as well. So just be dependable, reliable, and the desire to do it.
0: Yeah, that's great. And and how how do you select the host farms?
1: Well, they um, have to partner with us, obviously. <laughs> we don't ask for them to make any financial input necessarily into the program. Mm-hmm. They do support us through, you know, grants and gifts, and et cetera. Um, but we select farms that see these interns not as labor. We're not an employment agency. We're not looking to fill the gap of labor on the farms. What okay. We're looking for are farms that understand that these are students that are wanting to learn and that they are the future farm managers, veterinarians, feed company reps, pharmaceutical reps, and we've got to have farms that understand that and are willing to work with them and teach them and kind of be able to answer questions and not where the student's not going to feel intimidated. So we've got a really great group of farms that the farm managers understand that and they realize that. And so the farms have to agree to provide the housing and understand that they're learning. So they have to be patient, (laughs) but have somebody on the farm that is a go-to person that is going answer any question and you know, really kind of guide them, and again in a non-intimidating way um, to be there as a mentor for them on the farm. And then we also have a, a really big group of alumni that live and work here in jobs in Lexington, and so they have an alumni association. So we pair some of the alumni up with the interns too, and that's just another person that they can go to ask questions, find out what has got their haircut or their flat tire fixed, or you know, just be someone to talk to as well. Because so we want it to be supportive. Because in a long time, we're looking at them as the future of our industry and people to get into our sport.
0: Wow. And then as a young person, what are the benefits of doing an inter- internship versus just hopping right into the workforce? What are some of those tangible benefits? Um, I
1: think, um, you know, a lot of people have an idea of what a job is going to be, uh, but until you really step into it, you might not really have a clear cut idea. Yeah. And by being an internship, it's the way to sort of verify that this is the path you're supposed to be on, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have your idea in the back of your mind what an equine veterinarian does. But if you haven't been on a farm and seen the veterinarian's work or been in their shoes, you might not know. <laughs> or you can think, well, farm managers, are not until you get on a farm and see what they really do. Do you really know what they do? So I think the benefit of that is just being able to experience the, the lifestyle, the job, the career path, and a practice basis, if that makes sense, you can try it out before yeah. you know you can step in. And that you know helps from just answers a lot of questions about what what the career path is, what the job is about yeah. in a limited way. So you're, there's no commitment. There's no expectation at the end of the internship that you have to stay there. So if it's not for you, that's OK.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: can do it for six months. Anybody can do that for six months. And if it's not for you you walk away and it's OK. Nobody's mad and nobody's upset about that. Right.
0: And the vast majority
1: decide to stay. Yeah. (laughs) They decide to stay. It's for them. If you're a horse person, you're a horse person. That's it.
0: Yeah. And for placements afterwards, is it mostly in Kentucky or are they farms across the states?
1: I get calls literally every day from somebody who wants to hire one of our graduates because they know that they've come through this program, that they're solid with their horse skills. They understand the business. And they're and very employable. Right. Um, I just got a call from someone in in New Zealand, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you have anybody that wants to come down here? Um, um, so the placement rate is very high. But I think there are jobs across the country, but the vast majority, especially in the production side, are going to be here in Lexington. Yeah. And I think when students from wherever they come from, and we've had students from all 50 states and 21 foreign countries that have come for wow. the internship, the vast majority will probably choose to stay in Kentucky because- This is the horse capital of the world. And there's nowhere there's such a high concentration of farms and farm people and just the lifestyle that is the horse business. It's right here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the climate's all right.
0: It's beautiful here.
1: (laughs) And, you know, there's, it's just right here. And so I think a lot of them would just choose to stay here rather than going back somewhere else. But we're not like opposed to that. If somebody wants to find a job in California or in Texas or New York or whatever, that's fine. Mm -hmm but I think for the most part, they choose to stay here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is a beautiful part of the country. And every time I can, I visit the horse park. I just love walking through that. That's where my office is. I can look right outside the door (laughs) and look at the horses today if I wanted to. I love it. I think I have a shirt from every single shirt or a hoodie from every single visit. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. And, um, the why is it that high school counselors never talk about jobs in farming, in agriculture, or the equine industry? You know, even <laughs> just in agriculture and food production, that's 20, 20% of the workforce, a little bit over that. Um, why do you think that is? I don't know. I, maybe it's because
1: if they haven't grown up in that industry, they just wouldn't know to, you know, even in rural high schools, I don't know that the career counselors. Necessarily would have come back from um, would have grown up in that area, mm-hmm. and I think there's such a push from, you know, I see it generation gener can't even say that word um generationally if that makes sense. That if you if you grew up on a farm, sometimes you don't want to stay on the farm. You want to get away from that because you've seen how hard your parents work or whatever. And so I kind of see sometimes it's the second generation, the grandparents that want to come back, the grandkids that want to come back into that. But why they um, I think. Part of that is just education, not understanding how many jobs are out there. Like I said, you know, a lot of students think you have to be in the horse business. You have to be a veterinarian or manage a boarding operation. Mm -hmm. They just don't see that. So it's about education. So part of my job, what I do, probably 50% of what I do is I go out. I travel around the country and I speak at colleges and universities. And I'm trying to get more into going to some of the FFA and 4-H meetings or whatever, just to talk about not necessarily just my internship. Obviously, I want to lead them that way, but it's just to talk about the different options and opportunities in our industry and what's available and what's out there. And I think it's just education. It's just educating people about what's out there and what's available.
0: Yeah, that's really smart. And what advice do you have for high school and college students if they're already thinking about a career in the thoroughbred industry or in the equine industry? Um, what kind of things should they be doing or thinking of as they yeah. proceed? there's lots of websites out there and podcasts and things
1: that people talk about what we're doing. Um, You know, I wouldn't say luckily enough, that's not the right word, but COVID wasn't that detrimental to the horse racing industry. It was probably, I hate to say a bonus and I don't mean it that way, but you know, a lot of other sports were not um, taking place during covid and horse racing was allowed to continue so we actually started getting a little more television coverage than we have had in the past all right so we had an we saw an increase in viewership we saw an increase in wagering dollars at the track and we saw an increase in um, interest in and more people that want to buy into our industry and partnerships and that sort of thing which was really unusual but i think more people were aware of it because they saw it yeah, and so I think just educating yourself on what's out there and what's available. There's plenty of, you know, um, opportunities and 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 outlets out there to see agriculture. I mean, if you have an interest, try it out. If if you feel like you haven't had any horse experience take a riding lesson somewhere, or there's a lot of therapeutic uh, riding programs out there where they help people with disabilities or veterans mm-hmm. that you could volunteer at. And it's just be around a horse to see if you even like being around horses. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there are opportunities to just to, to get your foot in the door. And then that will lead to what I find in the horse business is people that are in the horse business. We love to talk about horses. We love to talk about our jobs. We love to talk about what we're doing. Yeah. You just have to meet one person and start up a conversation. And that leads to Someone else and hey, this is an idea. And here's somebody you
0: should meet, or here's somebody you should talk to. And um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. And one of the big issues facing agriculture, any kind of animal agriculture, um, the equine industry, and I think especially lately the thoroughbred industry is animal activism. They've been working really hard against the thoroughbred industry over the last, I'd say at least the last decade. How do you prepare students for engagements with activists?
1: I think is you You try not to lose your temper, lose your cool. Yes. <laughs> you have to just go in and, and be prepared that in any for any agriculture, any animal science, any horse endeavor, there's always going to be distractors. And mm-hmm. that's they don't know, you know, anybody who would say that. For instance, the thoroughbred industry is cruel. They have never been on one of these farms and seen how these horses are treated and how they're cared for. Oh yeah, they have better
0: food and healthcare than they most of They than I do. Right? Still- <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't have stained glass windows in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's just education, but being prepared with the answer, whatever they're going to say is wrong, that you can counter that with, with, with what you know is right. You know, people say, we don't care about uh, the track surfaces there's whole programs out there where we're looking at track surfaces and track safety. There's a whole database, how we track horse injuries and jockey injuries. There's all this out there, but it's just a matter of educating people. So knowing what you're up against being prepared for when somebody confronts you that yeah. you have a response to that and then you say, well, that's not correct. And I can show you where it's not correct. And here's where you can get information about this or whatever. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, good, good ways and always stay prepared. And everybody, remember, everybody's got a camera. And don't overreact. Once you start like
1: bowing up and trying to fight with them, you're never going to get anywhere. And it makes you look bad because it makes you show it like you're aggressive when actually they're the one that's the
0: aggressor. Yeah, for sure. Um, So one last question for you. Why do you serve the industry in this way? What's your greatest passion in all of it? I love horses. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I always say I would have been student number one had this been available um, when I was younger. I think, I mean, like I said, as a horse person, we just, we do it for the love of the horses. You wouldn't be in this business if you didn't. And I think for me, I know that there were so many people that helped me get to where I am just by offering jobs and giving me advice that I love doing that. And my, you know, my joy is to see my students progress from when they come in and they're a little quiet and shy and then at the end, they know the terminology, they know the words, they're presentable. And I just get so much joy out of seeing them grow and develop and finding jobs. And we have so many of our graduates now that are doing amazing things out there. That are managing farms that are owners themselves of racehorses, that train horses. We've got some that are jockeys. We have some that work for some. Just seeing them succeed is is a joy to me, if that makes sense. Helping them find their career path and finding something they enjoy doing.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. That's, that's awesome. So thank you so much for joining me today. Sure. Great conversation, great information. And, and let's hope some young uh, kids (laughs) listen to this and give you a call. Uh, What was the website again?
1: It's um, kimi.org, So K E M I.org. And I do have, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter I'm not a big social media I have some help with that which is <laughs> but we do we, we are on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and have our website as well so but on the on the website you can find the links to the the Twitter and Instagram and and Facebook as well but it's just kemi.org
0: perfect well thank you again and, welcome. and uh, good luck good luck in the future and with your students and thanks to all who are watching or listening. If you want to learn more, we'll provide all the the links in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to North American Egg Spotlight on YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram channels. And the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked the episode, I'd love it if you shared it and have a great day. Thanks. newest podcast by North American Egg is called What Color Is Your Tractor? The stories behind the egg brands you love and the egg brands you love to hate. Hosted by me, Chrissy Wozniak. We take a deep dive into the companies that have built modern agriculture. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Go to whatcolorisyourtractor.com. Available on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions, visit fastline.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the Fastline Auctions platform July 13th at 6:30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to northamericanag.com/fastline-webinar. That's northamericanag.com/fastline-webinar to register now.